Welcome to Everything's Not Black and White with your hosts, Lala and Brian. Be liquidated. We have to get rid of that. That's a burden. We can barely wear this. We can't buy it. We can't it's Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. Uh, the audio clip you just heard was um, from former Texas Congressman Ron Paul having what they suspect was a stroke live on his webcast earlier in the month. Um, October, for those of you who don't know, is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And 2020 also marks the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disability Act, the ADA, which was signed into law in 1990, which is a civil rights law that protects people who have some form of type of disability from physical to neurological to sensory. And we are so pleased and honored <laughs> to have an amazing guest here with us today, Ms. Kelly Studebaker. <laughs> and Kelly is awesome and she has an awesome story. So welcome, Kelly, to the ENBW podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, we're glad you're here. It's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So, Kelly, um, why don't you tell people a little bit about your story and a little bit your journey? So, starting from a very young age. I was an acrobatic when I was, like, kindergarten through my fifth grade year. I was doing acrobatics out in the front yard, and I went inside. It all started from there. I went upstairs um, and my brother and my dad were downstairs, and I guess I screamed out, and my dad was like, can you go see what, what's the problem? And um, I was having my stroke. It turned into an, an artery venous malformation. I was born with an anomaly. It was um, a weak blood vessel broke open in my brain, and they rushed me to the hospital, I had immediate emergency brain surgery to clean up all the blood and stuff and figure out what was going on. And they knew that I had had a stroke, so they put me in a coma for 10 days and they just wanted to see if I, if I would survive. And the amount of stress I put my family through, <laughs> like very hard, but my family stuck by me. I wouldn't be where I am without them. Yeah. Um, they were very supportive. Uh, Ten days later, I woke up from my coma, and I couldn't, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't write, read, nothing. Wow. And then with pediatric strokes, to put that in perspective how rare it is, they affect one in 4,000 newborns and only three and 100,000 older children. So so what you had is really a phenomenon in itself. I'm a phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> You're phenomenal, I can tell you that. <laughs> I love it. So when you came out and you said you couldn't do any of the functional things, like how did you come back from that? How, how did you heal from that? I worked hard. <laughs> yeah. and what, um, what age were you when this occurred? Um, 11. 11, okay. 11. So physical therapist, occupational therapist, and speech therapist came in, started, um, I was at Dayton Children's. Mm -hmm. They started, you know, working with me. There was a point 
when I got moved to a regular room, I was in ICU for 10 days. When I got moved to a regular room, they tried to set me up. So my dad was on, I think, my right side and my mom was on my left side. So they sat me up on bed. And because I hadn't been moving in 10 days, like... I had I had just I had just fallen to the right side mm-hmm. because my muscle my muscles have had atrophied so bad yeah and um, because of my stroke like this side was yeah not yeah. functional and mus- muscle atrophy is a, a serious <laughs> it can, it doesn't take long I remember when I was in the hospital I came home after my uh, cancer treatments and I was so excited to see my dog I got got down on the floor to pet her yeah. And I couldn't get back up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how quickly it came. It was a celebration for me when I, tr- I f- was finally able to get up off of the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, I practiced that for, like, two years. I was able to go, o- go over to my friend's house and sleep in her tent Yeah, two years later. I'm sure your parents <laughs> like, were scared to death to let yeah. you venture out <laughs> yeah. there, too. So, with your right side, which is the side that has paralyzed now, so do you have any movement or use? Yeah, that have I have. It? I have some movement, like some shoulder movement. Mm-hmm. I can like kind of like bump the refrigerator door, mm-hmm. you know, if it's open mm-hmm. to close it. Um, I have no fine mo- motor movement. I have to stretch out my fingers, mm-hmm. which I do on a regular basis. This this hand will never really work Mm -hmm. so it just kind of hangs out Mm -hmm. i kind of say that i walk like a zombie because i kind of do um but (laughs) like that's sort of a cool thing if you (laughs) really really think about it because like i've been through a lot of shit so You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can appreciate the positive <laughs> attitude because yeah. that'll take you far whenever you're trying to yeah. recover from any kind of uh, uh, illness of this magnitude. Yeah. yeah. So when you were young, how did your friends or people at school treat you? Did they treat you the same? Did they were they did they kind of help you out? Did they just say were they well? What I guess I'll just stop. So what did they do? I had the world's best friend, Sarah, and she came to my, the hospital room every day. And she read me cards from the kids at school. When I moved to Cincinnati, like I was in Dayton, when I moved to Cincinnati, she would come like on the weekends and stuff when she wasn't tied up with like school and stuff like that. But that was really cool. I can remember uh, four friends that came and saw me as well. I won't mention their names, but you know who you are. (laughs) Um... I appreciated that very much. There was a, cer- a certain number of children that were very, very mean to me mm-hmm. because they didn't know how to react mm-hmm. and they were jealous because I was getting attention. Mm-hmm. Trust me, if I could do it any any differently, mm-hmm. I would. A lot of people say that I they don't see me as disabled mm-hmm. and that's kind of punch in the face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because seriously, dude. Yeah. I understand that I've overcome a lot, mm-hmm. but the amount of stuff that I've overcome. That's right. Needs to be acknowledged. Needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that. First of all, I, I applaud your <laughs> courageousness and your bravery and your fortitude 
to keep pushing through to make <laughs> your life the best life that you want to have it as and not letting anybody stop you. So I love that. I love <laughs> your energy. You know, I think oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of talk about diversity, equity and inclusion. And sometimes people forget to include people who have either some mobility, neurological challenges in their conversations. Yeah. You know, and so I love that you're here with us today to talk about it and not shy from it, you know, and yeah. people can ask curious questions and be curious and honest and wanting to understand your perspective and not pretend like they don't see you yeah. and who you really are. Because I'm a pretty loud person <laughs> me too i was gonna say you met, you met my wife <laughs> <laughs> and then because i have a disability i think that when people look at me i had a really real problem with people staring at me mm-hmm. when i was younger mm-hmm. i would wear jeans all the time because when i'm walking a far distance mm-hmm. i wear a brace mm-hmm. and i thought that if i wore jeans then nobody would recognize what was going on yeah no Mm. um (laughs) no so now i wear like these almost ridiculous right now i have like (laughs) doc martens on um nightmare before christmas socks on (laughs) like tights and a schoolgirl skirt because hell yeah i'm 39 (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly right be proud and loud honey that's how i do it too i love it I love it. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) Well, one of the ways we even got to know you, which is super awesome, is that you are a weightlifter and you Uh, were doing strength (laughs) training with our good friend Carrie Brookins at the Tribal Strength Fitness. So tell (laughs) people how you got into bodybuilding and weightlifting. That's amazing. So I'm going to take you down a sad road, but it turns out happy. About seven years ago, well, 14 years ago, I got into this relationship with this guy that was mentally not all there, but I loved him. So I stuck by him for seven years. He ended his life. He shot himself in the heart with a 22 mm-hmm. and I was there. So I found him. So I, I moved it back home and I'm like thinking to myself like, okay, your brain is stronger than you thought, mm-hmm. but you have to do something completely different mm-hmm. because what you were doing wasn't working for mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. so i wanted to work out in a gym mm-hmm. because this guy told me the, the guy who committed suicide he told me that i couldn't flip over a tractor tire i was like investigating and i was at a crossfit gym in centerville mm-hmm. trying me out you know seeing what i could do mm-hmm. and these women were flipping over tractor tires and i'm like oh my gosh I want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, my friend um, said, well, there's this gym that you should go to. So I went to Eaton Barbell and I walked in the place. It was filled with all Viking dudes with Viking <laughs> beards and as, bad, mo- as most gyms are nowadays. <laughs> a bad, like bad looks like they looked freaky, but they're all cool and they're all wonderful. Because how, how intimidating was that for you, knowing that you're walking in, you know, with with a disability already, then yeah. you get all this intimidation and stuff going on around you? It was it was scary. I felt like I was in the wrong place. Mm. I was like, just do it. And then um, this guy named Shane Wyka, and he's still my friend today. I love you, Shane. He smiled at me, and I'm like, 
there's my guy. <laughs> Friendly face. <laughs> but he had a fucking beard and stuff. So he came up to me. He's like, what do you want? Or like, what are you interested in? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I was like, oh, I'm, I came for the boot camp class. So I was like, he's like, oh, yeah, there's there's this my my friend Mandy. So here walks someone who looks like Ariel in <laughs> the Little Mermaid. She is like decked out and like just gorgeous as can be, Mandy. And she's right then she was practicing or competing and I was like, okay. Like I'm like, I'm gonna be trained by her. <laughs> like, I'm like I don't know what I got myself into. And um, she had me flipping over the tire in four months. Wow. Wow. And how yeah. proud of you were you of yourself when I, you were I able was, to do that? I was I was pretty damn proud of myself. <laughs> I'm like, you know, because a guy who I looked up to who committed suicide, I was just proving to him that I could do it. Yeah. And I did it. So... Onward and upward, like I started powerlifting meets and stuff like that. I I went to deadlift, mm-hmm. and I loved deadlifting. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I deadlift with one arm. Yeah. Um, wow, so. that has to be challenging on its own. I yeah. I tried deadlifting with two yeah. arms, and I'm like, holy smokes, <laughs> it is tough. Yeah. It, it was just a year ago. We were at a <laughs> fundraising event where this young lady was pulling a car. <laughs> yeah. A car, and then when she was done with that, she pulled a a, a weighted sled. Yeah, and then, and then she did a de- was it a deadlift? Is that yeah. what they call it? Yeah, all all, all in a row. And yeah, I'm, I'm over there on the sidelines taking pictures of this, and I was tired watching her. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love that you think about you wanted to do to do something, and you do it. I love that you have that energy and and the positivity. You know, to say, you know what? I don't care what has happened to me. I get to write my own story going forward. And I think that's a beautiful thing for people to really understand and hear about so they can find that fortitude within themselves. So I heard you also do knitting. (laughs) Tell us about that. So um, about 10 years ago, my sister, she knits and she's... um, amazing knitter oh my god Mm. she can do the patterns and stuff and i'm like how did you do that there's these looms Mm -hmm. that it's like circle looms that you find at walmart Mm -hmm. and she got some of those and she taught me how to knit and i've been knitting ever since then and i make rad lid covers for people and that those are hats knitted hats but <laughs> i call them rad lid covers I because i want to make my own story yeah. um, <laughs> Good girl. that's it i i basically make them for anybody who's struggling if you've had a new baby hey i can make baby hats i know in the cancer community that's a that's a big thing as you see a lot mm-hmm. of knitted wear being brought in i seen yeah. it in uh, mm-hmm. my primary oncologist's offices somebody would knit blankets for people i originally started to make knitted hats that were loose i had migraines then and now i'm i have migraines now 
I'm getting it checked out. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I would make them. And then like after my headache, like a day after, like I, I feel like my head is like super sensitive. Mm-hmm. So if I put on the, one of those knit knitted hats Mm -hmm. it just adds another layer of protection not a not a tight one not a not a fitted one but just like a loose one and if anybody wants a loose hat hit me up just because it's it's really important to be comfortable when you're having a migraine it's crazy uh, side effects from the stroke still continuation Um, or so maybe it has to do with my hormones being out of balance i'm probably gonna see an endocrinologist for that too um i'm going to a neurologist like later this month okay did you find that by taking up sewing that helped you with like physical therapy with your yeah yeah it helps me zen out like Mm -hmm. my zen time oh my gosh (laughs) if i'm knitting like don't bother me (laughs) (laughs) Where you're at today, yeah, I know there's continuing issues that you'll always deal with. Yeah. Um, where you're at today, are you feeling uh, any residual effects still? Um, so I have drop foot. Okay. Which means that my foot like kind of like drops down. Uh-huh. Like I don't have control. Okay. Um, on, on my right side. I wear combat boots, you know. Mm-hmm. As sort of like a brace sort yeah. of thing. Um, I have a brace. Um, when, I, when I'm when i not wearing combat boots or when I'm not wearing my brace, you can definitely see a difference in me walking. Yeah. But I like to do that. I like to try to, you know, I, we- I don't wear my brace or combat boots. Well, I wear combat boots to work. I, th- I think you yeah. like it for style more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love my Doc Martens too. And my daughter loves hers. So, yeah. I mean what's not yeah. to love right it's definitely like i definitely have residual effects still to this day yeah and if if you don't mind me asking i know uh depression yeah. is, a, is a real issue especially with stroke uh victims uh well into their lives right after the stroke and well into their lives how have you been able to deal with that staying super busy i'm not going to say it was depression because what i i i learned after the guy who I was dating died and my best friend died from suicide oh. two years ago. Oh, I'm so so um, what I've learned is I'm not depressed. Okay. depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be sad mm-hmm. and I may be down, mm-hmm. but I'm not depressed because depression is so awful mm-hmm. for really people hard. to deal with. I have went through my depressive sorts mm-hmm. um in my lifetime and i've got really really low mm-hmm. like super low isolation especially now in the covid yeah. world um mm-hmm. hopefully we're getting out of that world well i wanted to just let people know too i think sometimes you know people don't even know how to um address or see if somebody is actually having a stroke so there's a couple of guidelines actually that the cdc the centers for disease control uh, give for people to know about if somebody's having a stroke, how you can respond and definitely call mm-hmm. 911 afterwards. But they call it FAST, F-A-S-T, so face. Does one side of the face droop when smiling? Arms. Does one arm drift downward when both arms are raised? Speech. 
Is speech slurred or strange when repeating a simple phrase and time? If you see any of these signs, call 911 right away. And so they said every 40 seconds, someone in the United States has a stroke. That's how often it happens. Yeah, and at that rate, that's nearly, here in the United States, almost 800,000 individuals every year that succumb to, or not succumb, but have a stroke. Mm -hmm. And so October 29th of this year of 2020 is World Stroke Day. So I hope everyone tries to educate themselves a little bit more about stroke and its after effects and how to keep healing and be inspired by Mm -hmm. Kelly (laughs) during those days. So Kelly, I know, you know, you do a lot of stuff and including your amazing rad lid covers. (laughs) How can people get in touch with you if they want to know more? On Instagram at this Crip Life. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So a T H I S C R I P L I F E. Yeah. Okay. At this Crip Life. All right. I just want to make sure. You know, I was thinking like you know Snoop Dogg Crips, the Crips back in the day. Like your crib. I was like, gotcha. I got it. Yeah. I'm I'm good on that. <laughs> if you go to it, you'll be like, oh, that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to play. I want. I like to joke around with myself. Yeah. That's you okay. Know. There's nothing wrong with that. We've often done that. Being an interracial couple, we often have a lot of laughs at our own expense. A lot of times. And if if you, before we end the show or winding down here, do you have anything you want to tell any other uh, people who have just recently had a stroke? Any kind of words of encouragement or, or um, message you want to give? Be open to um, new experiences and be curious about life. Great. That's great advice. That's Love great it. advice. Thank you so much for being here with us today, <laughs> Kelly. You are such a joy and <laughs> such <you>. an inspiration. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yeah, such positive energy. And um, we are we are glad to have you here. It's been a, an amazing time. <laughs> yep. So thank you all for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Everything is Not Black and White. And you can also reach out to us via email at enbwpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we will sign off here, and that's the uh, end of the show. Thank you again uh, for being Thank here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, and, everyone. And we'll see everybody next uh, Take episode. Take care of you. See ya. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Right, bye.